0: Time to Thrive! Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bacham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it! Do you remember philosophy, that class you had that probably didn't make a lot of sense? Well, one of those philosophers, the first century philosopher Epictetus, had two words, and those two words are enough to transform a day if we think about it. I've been pondering these words for a while now. After seeing this, being reminded of this uh, recently, I've been really thinking about how much this affects our lives. His two words are persist and resist. In fact, that was what he said was the two biggest things we need to do in life is persist and resist. You see, he believed that there really were two serious Vices that got in our way of having a great life. And one was a lack of persistence. And the other was a lack of self control. The lack of persistence is that you cannot endure the hardships that you have to endure to get to what you want to. The lack of self control is you cannot resist the pleasures and other things that we ought to have to endure. Now, notice how that fits together so well. The things we need to do we find ourselves not pushing forward with. And the things we need to avoid, we find ourselves holding to and grabbing onto. And think about how many ways in our lives that's affected us over time, just for a moment. Think back on the things that you didn't continue that maybe later in life you regret not having done. I can think back on the fact that I didn't really take my musical lessons very seriously and so now if I wanted to learn to play something musical it would be quite an effort. I also think back on not really pushing through to learn a foreign language and so now if I want to learn that foreign language, you know, I have to really almost start from scratch and if I think about the many times when I started to get into shape over the years and then I didn't continue. I find that if I had just pushed a little harder, I could have gotten there. I think about the opportunities along the way, the possibilities of jobs and the possibilities of situations that I let drop, even though I knew that they would be good things, because I didn't persist. I didn't push through the hardships that were necessary to do that. And then I think of all the many things that I give into that I probably ought to not, you know, a little too much ice cream perhaps, or uh, finding treats here and there to eat, or um, indulging in other ways that uh, keep me from being at my best. Now, let me be clear that I'm not saying that you, everything you try, you should push to the ultimate end. Nor should you always have to give up on everything that might taste good and be fun. That's not what he was saying. What he was saying was to live a full life, sometimes we have to endure the hardships to get there, and sometimes we have to avoid the pleasures that come our way because they can get us so off course. Persistence is continuing toward the goal even when there's a struggle. Now, think about how that plays out in our lives. I know I often use the example of getting into shape, and that is because that was a fundamental shift in my own life after being sick for so long when I realized I really did have to take care of this body, and I remember what happened when I began to exercise, and I know what often derails all of us when we get on some new program to get in shape, and that is how difficult it is to get started. You have to persist a while to get to that place where it's a little more comfortable. And then you have to persist some more to get to the place where you continue to progress. And that really is the struggle, isn't it? To figure out where to persist and how to convince yourself to persist. And so I think that part of what we, we kind of look at as the places where we fall down on our, our successes is that, that place of persistence. Did we push hard enough? did we continue the process long enough? Think about the many people who have made accomplishments in the world and what it took to get there. I always think of those people that that are just those the the people who are, are the pioneers in their arenas, how much they have to persist to do that because of the many voices around them and the many hardships and struggles around them saying, you shouldn't do that. You ought not do that. It's too hard to do that. And the voices in our own heads that keep us from moving forward. And Whenever we look at those strugglers, we look at the people who have taken on the struggle, right? We have looked at the ones who, wherever it is, they have taken it on. I think of the great explorers I used to love in elementary school, learning about the explorers that that found their way around our our globe. And what I realized is they weren't on cruise ships. You know, they weren't on luxury vehicles. They were on tiny little boats, In cramped conditions, sometimes with crews that were no longer happy about going in that direction, and yet they persist to find new things, to find new lands, to find new horizons. And what made the difference? The persistence. They continued through, even past the storms. They continued through, even through the difficult times that came their way the storms and the struggles and the crews that were at mutiny points, and they continued. Or how about the people who have conquered mountains? You know, It's no easy task to climb up in terrible conditions to the top of that mountain, and yet there are those among us who have that persistence that it takes to get there. I remember in my own history when I decided to run a marathon, and uh, to be honest, that marathon was uh, one of those things that really was a way for me to mark that I was getting better, that I had been able to get into shape. And what I chose as my marathon was a trail marathon. Now, I don't know if you've ever uh, witnessed a trail marathon. Probably not. You may have seen a marathon in a big city or on TV, but a trail marathon is a little bit different. In this trail marathon, they drove us on a bus out to the beginning of the race and they dropped us off. And at the beginning of that race, dropping us off, we had to run back to the end 26.5 miles, or 26.2 to be precise, through the woods. And uh, mostly through the woods. Every now and then we came out on a road and found our new path and continued on trails back in the forest in Indiana. And I remember as I started, I was realizing that I could give up. I could walk away from this at any point, well, at any checkpoint where they could shuttle me back to the beginning. But there was something that kept me going. And as I ran the race, I was committed to finishing no matter what happened. And this particular trail marathon was run in December. It was a pretty chilly day. And I remember how many of us started. And I remember at each checkpoint seeing a few more people peel off because something had happened. They they decided that they were uh, too tired or they had injured themselves. But somewhere along the way, they said they couldn't do it. There were those who persisted until the end. Now, Some of the people who gave up had to give up. And that's one of those life lessons, that there are times when we cannot continue on. It is not possible to continue on. Persistence is a great virtue, but sometimes it can't be followed through. But sometimes I realized that there were people who were leaving the race, not because they had to, but because it was tough. It was a hardship. It was something to endure. And they weren't ready to do that. And the only difference between me getting to that end and that person is I was a stubborn guy. And and maybe that really is why I'm so struck by Epictetus's uh words because I'm a stubborn person at heart. Ask my mother and she'll tell you I'm stubborn. And part of what I see as a life task is to stick to that piece. I'm a persistent person in many ways. Over the years people have told me that they've been impressed that I did so much schooling and I told them that it really wasn't about smarts. You know, they attributed this this smartness to me. It wasn't that. It was persistence, that I didn't give up. And part of what I understand about the process of continuing through academics is it's as much about not being willing to give up, not being willing to back down as anything of brain power. And many people who came through the program with me and dropped out were much smarter than I. They just weren't as stubborn as I so where are the places when you look in your own life and you say, you know, this is a worthy goal because every worthy goal has a hardship. Every worthy goal has a struggle. Maybe you're trying to save your a relationship. That's a worthy goal. Maybe you're trying to find your ideal job. That's a worthy goal. Maybe you're working to parent a child who is at a difficult point. That's a worthy goal. Maybe you're trying to change the world in some way. That's a worthy goal. And every one of those, whether it's achievement or health or wealth or learning, are worthy goals that are going to have hardships along the way. In fact, if there's no hardship, it's pretty much an indication it's not that big of a goal. Goals that are worthy, goals that are big, always pull us to something higher and bring along some hardships and struggles along the way. What about resistance? What do we resist? And that's that's the interesting thing because... Our brain is very tricky. It will convince us that that we really need to get that. We really need that extra drink, or we really need that piece of chocolate, or we really need that dessert, or we really need that affair with somebody else. We really need, and you can fill in whatever it is that is that pleasure that pulls us down. I truly believe that we as human beings have an addictive edge to our brain that is built into us for adaptive purposes. For instance, sugar has been shown to be a very addictive substance. And sugar would have been very rare, just as raw sugar, in our ancestors' lives. The only time that that sugar, that sweet things would have been present, would have been at the end of the growing season. So, as the fruits are on the trees and the fruits are coming out of the ground and and those very sweet things are, are around, at that point, it was also signaling the end of the growing season and the beginning of the cold. And so there's nothing better for us storing energy than having that sugar come into us when we're eating fruit or when our ancestors were eating fruit, because it allowed our bodies to naturally store extra calories and pack on some extra um, insulation for the winter. Now we have a plentitude of sugar and we have sugar around us all the time. And so that addictive part now gets us in trouble, not because of sugar itself, but because of how plentiful sugar is around us. And so we find it hard to resist because it's so easy to get to. Our ancestors would have had no problem resisting because it wasn't around for so much of the year. So when we begin to look at those pleasures, recognize that your brain has a tendency of fooling you into thinking that just this once, just this extra little bite, just that one little dessert, just that, and on and on it goes. One of the things that many people find when they start getting in shape and they start recording what they're actually putting into their body is how much sugar they're putting into their body because our brain fools us and we forget about how much sugar we'd had throughout the day. We probably remember all the salads and the veggies and all the other things we eat, but our mind tends to help us forget those pleasures that we might have grabbed. So resistance is avoiding the pleasures that can cause problems or at least the excess of those pleasures that can cause problems. There's nothing wrong with the dessert every now and then, but our brain tricks us. And so we end up giving in to those things that might harm our health, and we end up not following through on the things that might help our health because they're, they're struggles. Hardships are hard to persist, and pleasures are hard to resist. So how do you do that? Well, I truly believe that persistence and resistance really are muscles that are strengthened in our exercise or weakened in our neglect. And that we really have to work to remind ourselves to persist in those things that are struggles and to resist the things that can be less helpful. So how do you do that? Well, I would say that there are three action steps to that. One is clarity. Clarity is sitting down in a good moment and writing down where you need to persist, and writing down where you need to resist. And let me just suggest that the time to write down what you need to persist in is not when you're tired and drained, because you're likely to not claim the things that are really important and struggles, because you, you see how hard it would be, and how draining it would be, and you're already feeling tired. So don't do it then. And just like Uh, the suggestion that you don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry, don't think about the things you need to resist when you're hungry. Because if you're already imagining those things, you're not going to really want to write them down. So in a good moment where you are rested and at a good place, write down where you need to persist. Be specific. What are the areas where you need to persist to get to the life that you want to have? which means you also need to be reflecting on the life you want to build. Where do you need to persist? And then in those same moments when you're feeling good and have some energy and aren't starving and not thinking about that dessert, think about the things you need to resist. And they don't have to be just around food. There may be people you need to resist. There may be a relationship you need to resist. Or maybe you need to resist that next pack of cigarettes. Or maybe you need to resist... That party, or maybe you need to resist the easy way out on things, the places that maybe you're, you're just kind of edging your morals. Where are the places you need to resist? The next step is commitment to write down what you're going to do and what you're going to not do. So the first thing that clarity is stating what it is. And then a commitment level is really writing yourself a note that you are going to persist on these things. For instance, let's say you decide that it is time for you to get into shape. So you're going to find a useful uh, way of doing that. Maybe you decide, you know, I haven't been doing much, so I'm going to start walking. And so for the next two weeks, I'm going to walk 15 minutes per day, five days a week. And then at the end of that two weeks, you step it up. So I'm going to walk a half hour, three times, five times a week. And maybe then you decide to do a little run walk. And then maybe you decide to add some weights. And so as you're creating your commitment of what you're going to persist in, you make yourself move towards that. And the same with resisting. Let's say you do decide that there are some foods that just need to be outside of your diet. One way to resist that is to make sure you never bring them into your household. Maybe there are people that you need to resist that put you in bad situations. Maybe it's time to remove those contacts from your contacts. Maybe there are other things in your life that you name that you need to resist. just doesn't have to be about food, but that's a, a good way of, of creating a clear image of what that's about. Find the things you need to resist and get them out of your life. Make a commitment to that and make a plan to do that. Now, the next piece of that is that no plan, no commitment works unless you're, you've got your eyes on it. So the next level of that is to review that. And one way for me is to do a daily review. My daily review in the morning is to think about how my day needs to go and who I want to be and what I want to do that day and also what I need to stay away from that day. And at the end of the day, to give myself a review to see how I did. And so there's a review of what my day is going to be about and a review of what my day was about to review my plan and then review how my plan went together and then to reformulate that plan a little bit. Part of what has changed my perspective is when I give myself a daily reminder of who I want to be that day. When I think about the things that have to get done that day, when I think about the way I want to be in the world that day And then I look at it at the other end of the day to see if I've done that. I begin to be very intentional about, are there places that I need to persist? And are there places that I need to resist? Now, here's the beauty of this. I've just given you three steps to do this. But in reality, there are two steps to a much more thriving life. And those two steps are two words that have been with us since the first century, when Epictetus gave his formula, persist and resist. This is Lee Balkum wishing you a thriving life. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at ThrivologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.